Hello, and thanks for coming to the We Work Weekends with Warren podcast. This is the podcast that interviews people who normally work on the weekends. If you like this show, please share it and leave a comment. I am always looking for new guests. All the contact information for this show and for my guest will be in the show notes below the podcast. Before I get to my guest, I should introduce myself. I am Warren with Balloon Fun. I am a balloon twister from Saskatoon, but this show is not about me. It is all about my guests. Today we have magician Tyler Golden, also known as Seven of Spades Magic. So how are you today, Tyler? Hey, Warren. I'm doing awesome. Doing Excellent. Good. So uh, I guess uh, you being a teacher and you being an entertainer, this COVID has sure slowed things down on both of your jobs, hey? Yeah, it's definitely been pretty uh, pretty crazy. Basically, all my shows have been cancelled for magic for the foreseeable future and uh, kind of waiting and hoping that Christmas, all the Christmas gigs still still happen here. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's for sure. I mean, we're we're, we're, we're I think four point two, as they say right now, mm-hmm. is what we are, and uh, so things get to get to open up a little bit. But uh, so, where do you teach school? Uh, I teach in Osler at VCA, and uh, okay, grade six to grade twelve. Oh, really? What subject do you do there? I do. Uh, a magic class. Just kidding. <laughs> I wish. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> uh, I actually do some history, and some math, some phys ed, and some computers are kind of my main areas. Wow, interesting. But yeah, yeah of course, we're we're here to talk about magic, not so much school. So, but uh, yeah, hey, what 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 got <laughs> you started in magic? Uh, I was actually at a poker game, and I saw a magician named Curtis performing, and he became actually became one of my best friends. And I was like so blown away by close-up magic that I just got super crazy addicted. So that night I went home and I stayed up till five or six in the morning, just like trying to figure out magic and reading stuff and watching book, watching books, watching DVDs, and mm-hmm. uh, trying to learn everything I could. Really. And so you must remember like the the first trick that you performed for uh, your friends or a group of people. Yeah, I do. It was, it's called, a, it's called You Do As I Do. And it was like an O's Perlman trick off some, mm-hmm. something that I found online, like some pirated uh, DVD or something. I don't know. I found a some random bootleg of it online and I was blown away that I found a secret to magic. <laughs> this is like a little 20 year old kid. Yeah. So I practiced it for days and then that was the first trick that I, real trick that I per- performed. Okay. So here's something that uh, I, I like to watch uh, magic, you know, so some stuff I, I find really interesting and some I don't, but anyway, do you watch uh, fooled us with Penn and Teller? Oh, always. I don't, I don't know if I've missed. I, I, yeah, I watch it all the time. Like I don't think I've missed many episodes to be honest. And when they're talking code, to the magician do you know exactly like what they're saying yes like 90 percent of the time but there's actually been a couple times where i'm just like oh i don't know if i know that uh that code but yeah probably 90 to 95 percent of the time i know what they're talking about and if i don't then i'm kind of googling like what that code word was or or whatnot but yeah yeah because obviously i mean those guys are <clears throat> I, I think I'd heard recently that Penn and Teller now have the record for the most shows in any theater in Las Vegas. 
Wow, that's really crazy. I did not did not know that. Yeah, I I think I know I could be wrong on this, but I think the previous record was held by uh, Siegfried and Roy. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but I'd have to I'd have to double check that part for sure. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was so, so, yeah. Um, I I know that in your magic, you're you're very versatile, as in you do walk around, and walk around has got to be pretty tough to do because you have to have all your stuff with you. But I know, like, you do the stage stuff, and you do mm-hmm. the like really close up m- magic. So yeah. Is there a favorite of those that you like? Oh, I honestly like it's such a cliche thing, but I honestly love everything. I like a mixture of everything. Um, actually, close up magic now is the easiest part. I, I find it actually a lot more simple to do than a stage show. So I've done it so many times that I literally just grab my like four or five things and I'm ready to go. And it's it's a little bit of prep work beforehand, but honestly, not too much. Where a stage show, I'm probably prepping like specifically for that show for like 10 to 15 hours beforehand and just rehearsing and setting up. And uh, it's, it's a lot more work to, to do the stage show, but it's worth it in the end. I feel a huge sense of accomplishment after a stage show. And I like the style of magic because it's so much different than close up. Um, yeah. It's they're, they're, they're both really awesome. I don't know if I could pick a favorite cause I really, I love doing both. So how long would your stage show performance normally be? Whatever my client wants. I've honestly, I've done shows for five. I've been hired to do a five minute show and I've been hired to do almost a two hour show. So it's entirely up to uh, the client. Wow. Two two hours. You must really be kind of reaching for stuff come near two hours. Hey. Um, Yeah. Yes and no. Like I think. At the time when I did my first lengthy show like that, I, I was, but I did get a break in between. So I did an hour set and then they had like oh, an intermission okay. and then I could kind of reset. Um, but now I've got enough material that I could probably do like three or four hours on stage. Um, not sure if I would want to, I don't think I'd want to perform for three or four hours on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely like to keep it to an hour or an hour and a half would be, I think, ideal for most people to watch something. Right. So when you've done a, a stage show like that, do you um, do you ever, vi- um, I guess I'd say video yourself or, you know, take a, a movie of uh, so you can see what went well, what didn't go well? Yeah, it, like definitely do that. And I initially started off doing that for a bit of a promo for myself. And then when I watched myself perform, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> kind of, this is kind of cringy. And so now I actually use it just as an educational tool to, uh, get better and to, mm-hmm. to learn from maybe not so much mistakes, but just like, Hey, this trick went well, but how could it have been better? How could I improve this? Uh, so do you do that for every show? No, probably about 35 to 40% of my shows I would record. It kind of depends. Like I bring my stuff all the time, but it depends mm-hmm. on kind of just what the setup's going to be like and if it's going to be awkward for me filming like if it's a small really small group it's kind of awkward for people when they come on stage if they know they're being filmed so okay like the main most important thing for me is that people have a good time and that they're not like stressed about like oh my gosh this magician has me on stage is already scary for a lot of people and then have them also being filmed that might make them react less or not be as natural. So I want them to be as comfortable as they can. So, 
Of course. So when you get on stage and you're kind of, you know, you're introducing yourself, is that when you start scanning the audience for who you think might be a really good guest to bring up? Or how do you decide who to bring up? Uh, well, when I perform, I always try and sell my walk around show and I always try and do the walk around before the stage show. So if I'm mm. able to do that, then it's an easy piece of cake and I basically know who's going to be in what trick. And also it helps me remember names better. And so that's what I often will try and do. But yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm often like quite early to a stage show and I'll literally be like watching the MC perform or perform. I'll watch the MC chat. And as they're making a joke, I'll literally start scanning for uh, anyone laughing overtly or, or if they're making fun of somebody, if the MC is making a joke at somebody, I'm just like, okay, I'm bringing that person up for this trick. Like this, this person's a hoot, you know? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So um, as a magician, once again, for your stage show here, um, mm -hmm. who, like when it comes to writing a show, I mean, how, how structured do you like your performance on stage to be? I hate structure. <laughs> oh, really? As a teacher, you hate structure. Okay. Oh, man, I hate structure as a teacher, as a, just as a human being, I hate structure. Uh, it helps. Structure does help me though. So I do write out, basic kind of concepts and ideas and lines for my shows but I don't necessarily stick to a script because so much is so much as you just talking with the audience and interacting with them and the audience might say audience member might say something and if you're so scripted uh you're maybe not going to have the best that might throw you off so a script is great to keep you organized I more have a script of the motions and the movements and where I'm going to put things. And this is in my left pocket and this is in my right pocket. And it's almost like more so a dance in a way like mm -hmm. of, of my movement. But my, uh, as for my pattern, I'm pretty much like just going with the flow. And I, and, and I, I prefer that it suits my personality. I think it makes my show a lot more funny and organic. So you have a, uh, I say a, a general idea of where it's going, but the show can go in a different direction. Or the, I guess the the, the tricks are always going to be what you planned. It's just the how you get there and the conversation will be different. Is that it? Exactly. Yeah, and I've got my few bits and lines for each one that are like gags or jokes, and I just use those mm -hmm. for like certain moments. But yeah, the rest is basically, you know, here we go. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so my, mm -hmm. my intro my intro and my outro are, are kind of are scripted and then other than that the the tricks themselves are pretty much uh, go with the flow okay so what would you suggest like you've been doing this for how many years have you been performing 14 years i'm 34 years old oh my 14 so i've been doing balloons for 20 so there you go ha 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 oh, nice. but uh yeah anyway um so you know if you were to give some advice to a a you know, a 15, 16 year old performer, what would you tell them to, you know, just work on either the, the walk around or the stage or the close up or what, what suggestion would you give to someone who wants to get into magic? I would say work on everything. And I'd say, find somebody that you look up to or that kind of suits your style performance and not so much copy them, but just learn from them. And I, I, I'm just going to speak honestly when all, I think all magicians, when they start, you're basically like, oh, I like this trick. And you basically copy pat or word for word and you copy the entire trick. Like that's, mm -hmm. you, you learn a tutorial and then you do it. So that's 
kind of the general thing. But yeah, for a young magician, I would say, yeah, do that and copy people and learn from them and then make it your own. Like if I just had a magician and he was talking about, hey, I'm like super into numbers and probability, uh, you know, well, that's not really my style or like if I learned a, ment- a bit of mentalism and a magician that I learned from was telling the person in the audience that, Hey, I'm, I'm actually going to read your mind. Well, I'm the opposite. I actually tell them like, Oh, Hey, the problem with mind reading is it's a bunch of BS. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, you know, it, that, that doesn't work for my personality that uh, if I told them I was going to read their mind, they wouldn't believe it. So I'd, you know, find, find your niche. And I, you know, close-ups probably the easiest way to start because it's a lot of card tricks. And then when you get on stage, you realize, oh, card tricks don't work on stage if there's two, three hundred people there. <laughs> yeah, they can't see the card. How would the person at the back know what card was picked, right? Yep, exactly. So, yeah, do you find the uh, the magicians in Saskatoon are, are approachable with for other magicians or even for the young magicians? Not at all. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, no, okay. <laughs> no, well, they, that Curtis guy's not very good. Yeah, but, he's but the you're worst. Like, yeah. he's the <laughs> no, honestly, the, the magicians that I like that I would talk to that are younger, I definitely would say are super approachable and a lot of and a lot of fun. And we like we all have stuff in common, and there's such a small uh, few of us that definitely everybody's so awesome. Um, basically all the magicians that I've met have been really easy to connect with and talk to and, and and I would consider friends. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So um, I know that you're married and you have how many children? I have one. Oh, just one. Okay. Yeah. I I was, I was, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Not stalking you. Creeping. uh, Creeping. (laughs) That's right. I was, I was creeping your Facebook page. So I'd have a bit of information that, you know, and I saw a picture of one kid. Oh, maybe there's another one. I don't know. So how old is your, your, is it a daughter or a son? It's a daughter. She, her name is Brielle. Excellent. uh, Yeah. She's one years old and yeah, she's awesome. We're super pumped to be parents because we actually had, we had, we did fertility treatment actually to have her. So really, we're very, 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 very thankful to have her. I bet you are. And that takes some quite a bit of stress out of the life right there, doesn't it? It takes a lot of stress out of our lives and brings us a lot of happiness. So uh, I incorporate her into my show, which is kind of uh, kind of fun. My stage show, I brought her in. Not I don't bring her to my shows. I leave her in Mm -hmm. the car. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) No, but I um. Yeah, I incorporate my daughter now into our into my show, which which is cool to have something that you're like when you're passionate about something on stage, it comes uh-huh. like it's it's a lot more organic and free flowing. It's cool when you've got something that's kind of your own, right? So definitely. Um my experience with my children and, and doing entertaining for them mm. at their birthday parties is they could not have cared less. <laughs> they, 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 even I tried it every single way to make it different for my kids when I was twisting balloons at their parties. But since the birthday kid didn't care and I was nobody special because I was just, you you know, like my oldest daughter, Renee, I was just Renee's dad. I wasn't the balloon guy. And so (laughs) even the guests, oh, that's Renee's dad, you know. And so anyway, when your daughter gets old enough, don't be surprised if she doesn't care. 
Oh, I won't be surprised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I don't even know when she'll know that I do magic because I actually, it's funny that I'm a teacher, but I hate doing magic for kids. <laughs> I'll do stage shows for kids. Like I'll do the odd birthday party, but I'll probably only do five or six a year. And So, uh, you, so yeah. you don't like doing magic for kids? No, but I love teaching them. <laughs> so then you would, you would never, uh, or do you often you know, do a bit of a sleight of hand and I don't know, make your, make a pencil disappear or something. Yeah. Like the pencil, like maybe up the nose and out the mouth. There's like, it, it, like kids just like you being silly and that's, that's really fun. But I, I did definitely the way that I market myself now would be for doing adult shows. And if I do do a kid's show, I like it when there's adults there as well. It just makes everything, uh, I don't know, like a lot, a lot more fun. But I, I do mm -hmm. kids shows, but I definitely try and market myself for corporate clients and uh, that kind of thing. Adult shows. Interesting. So did you used to do like a, a mixture of uh, kids and, and adults? Oh, yeah. I was desperate for a long time when I started yeah. out. <laughs> I was doing every, basically anything and everything that I, that I could get my hands yeah. on. And I didn't care if it paid well or not. I just wanted practice. And that's that's really what you need at that point. And same, that goes back to like, if you're a kid listening to this and wanting to get into this, you just take what you can get, do it for free, do anything for, because the experience is so important. And the more experience you have, the better you get, the more money you can charge, yeah. you're worth it, right? So. Of course, of course. Then here's a, a, a weird question. Did you ever uh, perform at the Saskatoon Fringe? Uh, no, I, I, I actually did for fun. I just like walked around and did street magic there, One, uh -huh. time, but that's not my cup of tea. I'm not that I have anything against it, but I've, I have performed at like that type of thing at a fringe festival in North Battleford once. And, okay. um, I, I did some walk around on a stage show and it's definitely not my thing. Um, I'd much rather stick to kind of the corporate events and the, uh, being indoors <laughs> and, uh, yes. you know like it's it's good and I and I respect people that do that but uh, one, once again it's probably like there's a lot more kids there than I like I'd like there to be prim primarily adults at, at an event so then in a normal uh, month you know uh, on yeah. average would, would you uh, work every weekend every second weekend yeah, I would say every second weekend or every second week, I'd say, because a lot of my shows actually end up being during the week, oddly enough. Um, but that's what it, that's what my shows average out to. I probably average right. No, I do know that I average a show. Yeah, about one show every week and a half. OK, yeah. One yeah. show every week and a half would be. But obviously, like that accounts for Christmas getting like five, six, uh -huh. seven shows sometimes in a week. Right. Like you can. Right. Crazy weeks. Exactly. So um, as as I was creeping you, of course, I, I saw the video on your on your uh, website and right. you were like as it looked like you were juggling sections of uh, of uh, deck of cards. I, I just couldn't believe it, how fast and and. I don't know, dex, dexterity, like whatever it was. How long did it take to practice so that you could, you could do that, that, that sequence without dropping 17 cards? Well, a good thing it was on video because it just had to get one take. <laughs> but, but I mean, it was just so fast and you throw the, the one card over your, 
over your behind your back and it comes back in front of your face yeah that's just a lot of practice a lot of lonely saturday nights you know how it goes uh <laughs> before you were married then yeah definitely sacrificed some relationships learning magic for sure yeah. <laughs> no, but, but it's uh yeah it's a lot of practice and honestly like people would call that cardistry and i'm actually terrible at it compared to some other people like some people that's it's whole nother market it's a whole nother niche is flourishing cards and it's really crazy what some people can do um but to a lay person like the stuff that you saw uh like to a client they'd be just as impressed with that than like like some people can do things that are probably 10 times more complicated than the things that i was doing with with regards to flourishing so well, I've never seen it before. I don't know. I've, I've never seen anybody do it. So you're the you're the inventor of it. According to me, you invented that. I'll be sure to put that on my website and uh, <laughs> add some some way to get a review on that. Like I've, this guy invented carb flourishing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what does your wife think of all this magic that you do? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> No, she she likes it. Um, when I started doing it, I think I probably did it too much because we were friends before anything. And I was always just known as like the dude that would show up to the dorm and do magic for everybody back when I was in my low 20s. Uh, and then I told her, like, I think I could make money from this. And she just kind of I remembered like kind of looked at me like yeah we'll see about that <laughs> she likes it a lot now if uh if i'm busy getting shows but it's obviously it's really jokes aside it's it's definitely a challenge to be out and about uh especially during christmas time uh traveling and doing all that stuff is like as you know hard it's hard on your family mm -hmm. yeah for sure well how much traveling do you do uh, I try and do less now that I have a daughter, mm -hmm. but um, like I've, I've, I actually, it was cool. I got an opportunity to go up to the Northwest Territories uh, last Christmas and do a show. And that was wow. really cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. So never, where did you go? I went, it was this uh, small community or like a medium sized community, probably a couple thousand people there. And it was about an hour and a half North of Yellowknife. I can't remember wow. it was called like the Clicho, gover Clicho government. So yeah, it was really cool. It was an amazing experience. And how did you get up there? Uh, through a plane, actually. I had, this is a weird story. Yeah. I actually had to drive, I had to drive to Edmonton from Saskatoon. So if you don't know that everyone listening, that's five hours. And then I had to take a flight and I could have flown from Saskatoon to Edmonton to Yellowknife, but I had three shows the following day. So I was actually quicker and less risky because of delays and planes. So I decided to land at like seven in the morning, drive back to Saskatoon, like as fast as I could. And then I had to prep and get, do three shows uh, back to back to back. And uh, it was actually pretty stressful, but I ended up pulling it off. So that was a lot of traveling and, not recommended so what month did you do that that was in december i think yeah december 17th or something like some wow you sure took some some risks i did take some risks but uh that's why i decided to drive just because that would you know mitigate mm -hmm. the risks a little bit so and yeah, i but sure anything could have stopped you sorry 
I was going to say, like, just about anything could have stopped you, you know, getting to Edmonton, getting from Edmonton to Northwest Territories, getting back, or they oh, were yeah, then driving back from Edmonton. Absolutely. So I had told the people in the Northwest Territories that if the weather was bad, then I wouldn't be coming just because I didn't want to cancel on my shows. And then one of the other things that I do have, I mean, so I, I wasn't worried about it just because the weather looked really good. And there were multiple flights that flew out of Yellowknife that day and I would have been okay. But um, I always have a backup just in case. So if I have a reason, I've actually never missed a show for like being sick or something like I've always been fine, but it's always good mm-hmm. to have a backup plan just in case. And then it's good for your clients to know that as well. Cause you never know what could happen. You could get in a car accident or you could get, you know, something bad could happen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, my, my thinking, and I tell this to a lot of people about Saskatoon, especially, I don't know about Regina, but, um, the weather in Saskatoon allows me to be anywhere within half an hour of my last event. Mm. Only twice have I had to cancel events and actually one, they canceled. I could have made it, but they said the weather was no good. So then they canceled. Mm. And then the one that I canceled, I was supposed to be in bigger or Rosetown. I can't remember where it was. And we got a freezing rain in Saskatoon and they closed all the highways running out to bigger or Rosetown, wherever it was. Oh, and so yeah. I phoned and said, I, I, I can't come. They, they've closed the highway. Oh, so dang. that was it. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. And when this, that's your income, that's, mm-hmm. really, that's, you know, people don't get that. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. you know, that's tough. But- <laughs> That, that's the way it goes though for sure so uh hopefully uh are you getting any any contact from the school system saying everything's looking real good for school coming again in september yeah that's the plan is uh it looks like everything's going to be back to normal in september and i think that's what you have to do is just plan for that and if you need to adjust you adjust and it's easier to tell people what's going to happen and then cancel it instead of you you know you need to plan for everything so people need to prepare for heading back and if it's not well then we can adjust and make changes exactly yeah well anyway i would like to thank tyler golden also known as seven of spades magic for being my guest today as i said all the contact information for this show and for my guest will be in the show notes Uh, you can follow tyler on well he's got a website he's got email look him up on facebook he's also instagram i'm also uh, we work weekends with warren podcast is also on all of those platforms so uh, anyway, thank you very much, Tyler, and you have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. That was a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, hopefully we'll see you in a, a month or so. Yeah, we'll see you twist in somewheres. <laughs> All right. Bye for now. Okay. Bye, Warren.